Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast it was episode uh, six. Yeah, episode six of the TV show we had today. That was fun. Bit of a technical only bridge. And because it was such a technical challenge, we actually have a guest for the podcast today. Would you like to introduce yourself, Mr. Mystery Guest? I'm Mr. Mystery Guest. Uh, my name's Michael. Some may remember me from season three. Probably hope and hopefully more people remember me from the Christmas special. <laughs> um, if they remember me at all, which is, which I don't blame them for not. Undefeated King of Christmas. Undefeated King of Christmas. That's what Parentes <laughs> has been calling me since we started. No, but it's fantastic to be back. Um, I don't think I've spoken to you both in a while. Yeah, I don't think we've spoken since your season. Maybe the grand finale. Did we yeah. speak to you during Christmas? No, I don't think so. I no, think, I, I don't think, think we did any interviews. Hung up the microphones. Yeah, did the bare minimum. Well, we are very excited for you to join us today because, like Parente said, this was a super technical challenge. That is not at all our strong point. We're very much people who go <laughs> off aesthetics and judging, Brickman's judging. So super happy to have you on today. Thanks for having me. Hopefully I can add some value. All right, so this episode we had the Bridge Too Far Challenge and this was a combination of the Season 1 Challenge where they had to build a bridge and they like put physical weights on it to see how long it would last and the Season 2 Challenge where we had the shaking plates. So this was a bridge, 50 bricks high, on two independently shaking platforms. Thoughts? Questions, feelings, go. My first question slash thought was, they didn't say it on the show, but all the teams seem to have roughly the same width of the bridge. And I was wondering if they all just defaulted to that or if there was flexibility around that because I would have loved to see a bridge where the actual part of it, that the actual bridge part of it was like super thin, like one Technic brick thick the entire way and really flexible or something and to see if they could get away with that out of curiosity. But the fact that no one did it makes me assume that off camera they got told they weren't allowed to. What do you guys reckon? Like the width of it, you mean? Like, yeah, the, the part that actually crossed from tower to tower was that oh. they all seemed to be roughly the same width. So I wondered if there were secret yeah. rules about that. I don't know. I, I think structurally a wider bridge would potentially give you more of a chance of surviving the shake because I think there might not be enough connections with a really thin bridge. But mm-hmm. again, it's, that's, it's a really interesting thought. It's not something I, that, that would pop into my head. Well, we did see one of the teams try a flexible bridge and it, spoiler alert, didn't work for them. <laughs> so maybe that's why no one tried it. But always curious to know what the parameters of the build. Was there a was, was there a height limit? Did it have to reach a certain height? No, so it's just minimum of 50 bricks at the crossing part oh. and then that was the only restriction that they said. Which I didn't think 50 bricks was that many at the start. I was like, that's nothing. But then once they were actually building it, I think uh, Kirsty and Daniel uh, almost fell into this trap of it not being tall enough. 
50 bricks is actually pretty high. On your build at tall uh, build, Michael, can you remember what the height was for that? That seemed like it was much higher. It was built to kale scale. So it was actually the height of kale who they brought in. Oh, that's right. Um, that's right. So about, uh, I don't want to throw any, maybe five, seven, five, six, five, seven. So that would be like over a hundred layers or something like that, surely? Yeah, I would have thought it'd be. Height uh, of is Lego brick. Easily. 1.6 <laughs> centimeters. So. So 100 would be a metre 60, something yeah. like that. I feel like we're really making up some numbers there. <laughs> That's <massive. laughs> Something I will say about the shaking plates before we get into the builds, was it just me or did one plate seem to move a lot more than the other? Like when I was watching TV, it was the left one was doing all the work and the right plate was just like mildly vibrating. I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe the right one actually like they did in season two, maybe the right one broke. Oh. Oh, interesting. I was wondering if I've, I feel like Hamish's dial was kind of just a prop. Totally. <laughs> and then someone off screen was controlling them and they were being controlled kind of like individually. That was kind of my guess. Would be a lot more dramatic if one of them broke. So that's my new conspiracy theory. <laughs> Add it to the list. <laughs> we'll start with our winners, five-time winners, breaking their own record, Nick and Jean, who did the heavy boy, as they called it. Uh, and they basically copied Jackson Alex's tactic from season <laughs> yeah. two and just went solid, a solid brick pillar and bridge as heavy as they could. And it worked. Michael, what did you reckon from a, an experienced Lego perspective? I think what was amazing about this build, obviously they've won four in a row, was it was like when you're on the show you feel like you really need to play to your strengths. And for them, their strength is aesthetics mm. and really storytelling. And so for them to go, do you know what? Let's just ignore our strengths and go with something <laughs> completely, like let's be honest, it wasn't the best looking build in the room. And let's just let's just see if we can outlast everyone by making this thing as strong as possible. I think it was a bold choice. Um, and it was actually quite clever in the end. It obviously turned out very well. I was really curious about what their connections setup was with connecting the towers to the actual bridge itself because they talked a lot on the show about how it was pretty last minute and they weren't super happy with it. And then after that, it just sort of the bridge sat there while it vibrated. But I'm really curious as to what they actually did. We never really got to find out. Yeah, um, there was there's this really cool cool building technique that people that places that have a lot of earthquakes use um and essentially what it is is the base the base of something isn't actually connected to the ground so when it wobbles it sort of like shifts on the base so it doesn't fall over and doesn't splinter anywhere mm. and that's sort of what the top ended up looking like it's like the top oh. disconnected and as it shook because the top of it was so heavy the thing underneath was moving but the thing on top stayed completely still so whether that was by design or by virtue of it being the heaviest <laughs> thing in the room, um, it ended up being the sturdiest one there. Yeah, how crazy. Because it was honestly amazing to see it just sitting on top of those pillars. And I was like, this is going to come crashing down at any moment, but it just stayed there. It was ingenious in the end. So well done, boys. Yeah, good work to Nick and Jean. As you said, Zoe, five wins in a row. But we also had a bit of an advantage from them throughout the game, which was a wild time. And Zoe, do you remember a couple of episodes ago on the podcast, I said, hey, looks like Max has to eat a bunch of bananas until, <laughs> and then they can build once he's finished eating bananas. And you were like, that's dumb. Well, look who's 
I do remember you saying that, that and I, right I stand that. by my comments that it's dumb. This is not an <laughs> advantage. Like this did this gave Nick and Jane nothing except some laughs. <laughs> I don't know how you I don't know how you sit there and build for twelve hours or ten hours or however long the bill was with a tummy full of bananas. It's uh congratulations. Congratulations, Max. That's awesome. He did good. Would you have chosen the other ones instead of choosing the bananas? Uh absolutely fun fact, actually. Uh not not of me. I guess the winner of season three is actually afraid of bananas and he's got a phobia of them. So. Oh my gosh, yeah, this is a thing. I've I've heard about this phobia before. Yeah, so he's a um we know what he would have chosen. Um, so <laughs> I'm not sure how he would go watching this, but I, d- I don't know. I, I think I would have to go the the brick stuff because I don't think I could stomach f- how many other bananas that he ate in the end. But also it looked like Branko didn't help him eat the bananas at all. Was that part of the rules or was that just... <laughs> I, yeah, I think I think one person had to eat them all. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Let's jump to Branko and Max while we're talking about them. Obviously had high hopes for them with Branko being an engineer. He kept joking about how his career was on the line for this. And <laughs> it didn't really work. <laughs> I was really excited they were trying a flexible bridge because, I mean, I'm not an engineer. I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but I liked that there was a bit of variety in the bridges. So I was kind of sad that it didn't go super, super great. I guess the flexibleness just meant that it broke quicker as opposed to absorbing some of the the shakes. Like I think they were hoping it would. Well, they also filled the pillars with loose bricks inside it, which Branko said was to absorb some of the energy from the shaking. I don't understand how that works, but is that a common tactic that I just don't know about? I have certainly never heard of that before um, and I'm still yet to be convinced that it works. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for a moment I thought Henry and Joss had the same idea because they had all loose bricks on the top of their bridge, but then I worked out very quickly that was just like for the aesthetic. Yeah, and one thing thing I noticed with a lot of the teams were – uh, Branko and Max and certainly Joss and Henry did it, was they had interconnecting Technic bricks on the inside of their pillars. Yeah, yeah. And all the pillars seemed to stand up really well. But when it came to the bridge, it was almost like the bridge was not so much an afterthought, but it's almost like they ran out of time to actually put in those yeah, multiple layers of interconnection to hmm. be able to hold the bridge upright. Yeah, right. Yeah, a lot of teams seem to focus on the pillars almost a bit too much. Like I I think almost every team except for Henry and Joss said that they kind of just like stuck their bridge on at the end. Yeah, so I think that would certainly be an interesting question that I would love to have answered. Speaking of Henry and Joss, they did the fire and ice bridge with the two wizards kind of building each side and then meeting in the middle. Obviously amazing like storytelling and they won aesthetics by a mile. Um, and they said that like building with Technic was a big strength for them. So I think I also had really high hopes. And they did go well. I think theirs got to level nine, but I really wanted them to win. Like obviously I like Nick and Jane, but I'm like, all right, guys, stop hogging it. Let's see some other people win here. I do have kind of a little hot take about the bridge shaking mechanism they used in that I feel like as they turned the dial higher, the shaking got faster, but it didn't really seem to get stronger. And so like the first couple of levels of shaking were like these big, strong shakes. 
And then as they turned it up a few more, it was just kind of fast vibrations. And then so level four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve kind of felt like roughly the same level of shakiness. I mean, I don't know if that's true, but it kind of felt like Nick and June at level 12 and Henry and Joss at level nine was like about the same strength of bridge, really. I don't know. It was hard to tell on TV. Right. Okay. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> because, because they didn't get to level 12. Uh, no, I was a bit sus in the whole thing. And I think Henry and Joss got robbed a little. Yeah, I think I, I think Henry and Joss is, was probably my favourite looking build in the room. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, if you can't can't withstand the shake, then bad luck, you're out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, fair. It's pretty straightforward. That's what, that's what they say on the show. I'm pretty sure it's the same. <laughs> word for word. Let's go to... Kirsty and Daniel, because theirs is really interesting. They did a suspension build. I wrote Golden Gate Bridge vibes. Um, and their whole idea was that it would just sway and, like, again, ab- absorb that shaking rather than actually break. Michael, what were your thoughts on this? Would you have tried this? This idea would have never come to me. And mm. so I know I know Dan is really capable of doing some massive technical builds, Um and then Kirsty, I know, loves building stuff with really small things with really small amounts of pieces. So almost like polar opposites. But mm. I think this was probably a very them build that was just very different in a in a challenge where uh, you know it felt like everyone was sort of doing the same thing. It's really cool to see someone else try someone different, something different. Uh, hey, um, Zoe, can I start another conspiracy on this podcast? <sighs> yeah, <laughs> it's not a suspension bridge, Lego Masters Australia. It's a cable stay bridge, and the fact that they confuse the two is uh, insulting to the hard work that our Lego Masters contestants put in day and night, blood, sweat, and tears. I'm Googling. But I thought it was what a, very What cool. did you call it? A cable sway? A suspension bridge is where the cables are attached to the ground at either end, and whereas a cable stay bridge, the cables are attached to, like, the columns and then to the bridge. I'm Googling it. And so if it was a suspension bridge, it would have been very different because it would have been like oh, wobbling while attached to the ground. So It's fantastic to see Parentes advocating for bridge enthusiasts everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> DM me if you felt the same that I did watching, which was just like a 1% reaction of like, oh, I think that's technically the wrong name. Nothing stronger than that. It's just a TV show. But I, I was really glad to see such a unique idea as opposed to, yeah, just an, another similar bridge. And I assume the sirens in the background are actually the FBI coming to Parentes' house. <laughs> For working out all these conspiracy theories. <laughs> I was about to ask if you guys could hear all those sirens. <laughs> we'll go to Trent and Paul, who, again, didn't get much screen time. And I'm we, we said why last time, but I just, I just want to see more of them because I think they're a really fun team. But they did the Industrial Railway Bridge. They also had an interesting design. They didn't actually attach their bridge to the pillars. They just sort of like built a shelf for it to sit on. Yeah. I think this this comes back to that what I was talking about earlier, where when you build something, if you don't stick it down in that slide, it will just hold hold a little bit better. So there's less stress going through the different connections on the bridge. Yeah, that makes sense. On a site, these guys, I think they have the best ideas. Yeah, I, they, they they are certainly yeah, my favorite. Yeah, they've got like original ideas. They're really yeah. fun. And so hopefully we see them go go far. Next we have Lexi and Rach who actually did a combination of successful builds from the season one and the season two challenges. So they took uh, Geordie and Miller's triangle approach with the Technic Bricks and then they combined that with Jackson Alex's really solid approach and kind of did a combo of the two. And it worked pretty well. 
these ladies were the only team to actually reference what had been done previously. So clearly students of the show, which you love to see, mm. um, and to to take what worked. Although from mem- from memory, Geordie's and Miller's, I think it, it did pretty well. But I have a feeling David and G's A-frame, like the big A-frame, actually worked in season one. Mm. So um, what I noticed, though, was there was no team that actually went that that route. So I wonder if they were told it has to be a straight bridge and it can't be an A-frame bridge. I don't know. Oh, good point. Yeah, They were true. all, yeah, pillar, pillar, straight bridge. Mm. That's the technical thing. <laughs> <word, isn't it? laughs> but it was, great, it was great to see them actually try something that was sort of tried and tested. I do know another technique for the bridge, which works quite well, I think they had it on the US season of the show, was essentially brick build the whole thing and then just have like I think – Branko and Max and uh, Justin Henry did the interconnecting on the outside. So you click it together on top and it clicks together on the side. So it's the added layer of of stuff getting stuck together and that sort of helps it all hold together, which I think was right. the issue with a lot of these. They all mm. just sort of just got shook apart too easily. Yeah, they all just sort of popped off. Yeah. It's almost like you need more cross connections through the whole thing to be able to get it to hold together. Mm. Lastly, we have Alex and Caleb who did the medieval-style build. They had quite a fun aesthetic with theirs. And I think they also went pretty hard on the Technic bricks and tried to make it more flexible rather than solid. I think from what we've seen, unfortunately, flexible doesn't work. So I think Mm. flexible ends up breaking and sort of splintering. And then so you can last up until the sort of mid to high high levels, but anything beyond that, I think it just becomes too much of an effort for the bridge, unfortunately. It seems like the best design was that detached design that Nick and Jean kind of stumbled across accidentally and Trent and Paul did try to do. So maybe we should have hoped for more of that. We would have called them crazy, saying you should gotta you gotta attach the bricks, my friend, and then they would have won. Exactly. I, I don't know. I think this challenge is so unique in a way. Like, how often do you have to join two things together that are shaking <laughs> yeah, violently? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also the fact that they're shaking independently. Like, it's not as if they're shaking the same way. Yeah. It's all really about the, the stretching and squeezing of of that interconnecting bit of the bridge. I guess that's really the main part. Yeah. So maybe maybe the approach where you have the thing that's the bridge is actually not connected, so that way it's just got the ability to slide. Mm. So it's not. Getting, not getting pulled in two different directions at the same time. Maybe that was the, the oh, key. Yeah. Do you think that's what you would have done if you had this challenge on the show? Purely in hindsight, I'm going to say yes. Um, <laughs> but realistically, probably not. I think I, I think I would have gone a big A-frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I'm not sure how well that would have, would have held up. I mean, there is some precedence in terms of how things have held up in the past, but this is, again, a completely unique challenge. Next episode, or at least this coming week, I think we're finally going to the SCG for this drone challenge. I still think that that's the first part and they're going to play for some kind of advantage and then maybe going into this Halloween special that they've teased. It looked very spooky. I'm so keen for a Halloween build. Is that just me? I think Halloween is possibly one of my top three favourite themes. So Really? Yeah, I think it could be it's just such such cool colours, purples, greens, oranges. Mm. Like there's so much you can do with it. Um, and I think we're going to see some pretty cool stuff by the looks of the promo. I also just love that they were straight up like, yeah, it's not Halloween, but we're doing a Halloween build, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, for sure, I love it. I love scary movies though. So it's my all-time favourite genre. So hopefully, um, hopefully we see some spooky things. I think I might have seen even a little... Is it a swamp swamp thing 
a swamp creature oh, okay. yep, yep. in one of the promos or two eyes peering out of water. So hopefully, hopefully that makes an appearance. We also saw a preview of a wind machine build and it looks like they mm. build something that gets wind blown at it and then has to move as a result of that, which is really cool. I, we haven't seen anything like that at all before. Every, every motion has been like an electric motor, not even like a hand crank or something from memory. So that seems cool. Yeah, certainly that that's that's going to be a very technical challenge, I yeah. imagine. Um, and there was a very cool mechanisms mechanism from the promo, which is far beyond my skill set. So hopefully, <laughs> there are plenty more of those too for the show. Thanks so much for listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. A niche distinction, but we'll take the award anyway. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you want to keep listening. There's a bunch of episodes that you might have missed. Uh, Take a listen to some of the interviews from last year's season especially. A lot of really good stuff in there with not only the winners, but also our friend Michael, who joins us again right now. Really good episode with him and Harrison. Thanks very much for having me, and hopefully... I'll be able to help out a little bit more in the future as well. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, you're a regular now. I'll get you the contract. <laughs> Make sure you're following us on Instagram at legomasters underscore deconstructed. As always, leave us any questions or anything you want to know, any conspiracies we can add to the list, feel free. And you can follow us on Twitter at LMDThePod. Parente, have you posted anything yet? I've tweeted like thrice since we talked about it. All right, that is a big improvement. That's thrice more than previously. (laughs) Correct, yes. Thanks again to Michael for joining us for this episode. Thanks to you for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.